Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. He's an artist, a teacher, a beatboxer. He goes under the exact Welcome to the library here on Hackensack Meridian Health Stage 17. Doctor, thanks for joining me, man. Hey, what's up, man? Super cool to be here. Cool. So before we get into beatboxing and your artwork, I want to start from the beginning. Uh, before doing whatever you did, what were you doing? And then where, where, where were you when you were doing all this? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I grew up in Northern California. And uh, where I was at the time, like, I grew up, skateboarding i grew up listening to a lot of like classic rock and metal and uh but i was pretty fortunate because i had a variety of like influences with music so i played drums and guitar for a couple years um and then got into other stuff and then it wasn't until i was like a senior in high school that i actually got into beatboxing um and uh so like a lot of the influence came from a large variety of music and also being from like close to the Bay, like a lot of like Oakland and Bay Area rap. What do, when you mean got into beatboxing, what does that, what does that mean? For sure. Uh, so it was kind of crazy. I had like the first time I heard beatboxing in person was when I was in seventh grade. I had an, uh, a friend in eighth grade who's actually a, a DJ who's crushing it now. Um, he would do like techno style beatboxing and he would also add lyrics. And I was just like, how is that even possible? Like that doesn't make sense to me at all. And then I had another friend who could kind of do like hip hop beats. So I saw that and was influenced by it. But growing up, I just kind of like made noises and would play around with sounds. But when I was a freshman in high school, I saw a video, uh, on E-bombs world that was like, some dude, super grainy video, like super far away, just doing like a six minute routine. And it made no sense to me at all. You couldn't see the mouth move. It just didn't seem to make sense. And then time passed. And when I was a senior in high school, it just kind of like, I don't know if it's kind of like the thing picks you, chooses you, but it just clicked. And, uh, I saw this one video and then I saw another video. And at the time, this was like 10 years ago, there weren't really like tutorial videos or anything. So you had to kind of just like watch and listen and try and like emulate the sound from hearing it behind like a microphone or muffled. Um, but yeah, once, once I heard it and was like, whoa, I was already kind of painting and doing stuff kind of like in my room all the time, introverted. And I just like, it just, I just like kept watching videos and kept listening to music and kept trying sounds. And, uh, yeah. So you said 10 years ago, 2008, um, you're in California, you're listening to videos, but are watching videos. Uh, but what, what was this, what is the, what was, or what is the beatboxing scene in California at this For time? Sure. Are you having ciphers with your friends? Are you kind of in like in your room doing just by yourself? Yeah. Uh, super good question. Cause like <clears throat> at the time there wasn't really, I only knew of one beatboxer in Northern California. Um, at the time, there was like maybe two or three beatboxers that I had heard of uh, in Southern California and LA area. Uh, but in Northern California, it was just this guy, Syzygy. And he had like competed in the American Champs before and had some super cool sounds. And uh, I didn't meet another beatboxer for three years. So the first three years that I was beatboxing, it was just doing it in my room, doing it for fun, uh, just like learning new sounds and techniques and stuff. And then I started doing open mics 
uh, around the North Bay. And uh, the best way to do that was actually to be kind of like the variety, like filler for poetry slams mm-hmm. and variety shows. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so I would just kind of like, my friends would invite me to come to the show. I might like open the show, do the middle of the show when they're tallying scores for a poetry slam and then maybe close the show or something, okay. which was super cool. Or I do like a background beat while they're like, you know, drum rolling or something. And uh, that gave me a ton of good experience. But yeah, there wasn't really any scene. In some places, you can learn really fast because you have five or ten, you know, uh, people who've been doing it for a long time and the scene's solid, like you said, ciphering. I grew up with like a few friends doing kind of horn sounds or like, you know, kind of muffled beats uh, for people to freestyle at lunch, for sure. Um, Had a couple friends who could just like essentially freestyle endlessly, which was a huge influence on me um, with rhythm and with sound and with, with vocals. And I like grew up writing a lot of poetry and stuff. And it, I had a friend who I could leave the skate, the, the skate park and like we'd walk home and he freestyled for like 45 minutes one time, like no break, just literally just top of his head. And I swear he didn't repeat a single thing. It was crazy. Um, and he was always like that, which was sick, huge, huge influence on me. Yeah. But, but yeah, and then I didn't meet Syzygy until maybe three or four years into beatboxing. And he was the resident beatboxer for a show called Tourette's Without Regrets, mm-hmm. um, run by Jamie DeWolf in, uh, in Oakland. Uh, I, it might still be at the Metro Opera House. And like, <clears throat> once I met him, because the beatbox community is so small, like people put you on, people are super nice. And I just like went and saw a show. And then the next time I went, he was like, come up, perform with me. And then the next time we did like three people beatboxing and it was, we would beatbox for people to freestyle. And it just like pretty quickly started to become something that could actually like, I could actually see as, as, as doing more and more in a show each week and maybe having some type of, um, you know, financial payoff from it, but that was never like a, ever a goal, um, in the beginning. Yeah. You, you talked about writing poetry and obviously, uh, Captain Obvious's form of expression. Uh, what was it that spoke to you? That that what what was it about the form of expression beatboxing allowed you to do that kind of took you away? I don't know if it yeah. totally took you away, but took you away from poetry and kind of immerse yourself into this art form. For sure. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> one of the biggest things right away with beatboxing is that like I can literally do it anywhere, so right. I don't. I don't even need a pen and pad. I don't need a full drum kit that I have to show up to a show every time with. Um, it's so accessible and it allows you to do so much and it allows you to collaborate with, with everyone. So the biggest thing, which is so awesome is that like, uh, because I've been in the sphere of like a lot of poets in Berkeley and Oakland and I can see their process and I can see how they work together and, and bounce ideas off each other. It's similar with beatboxing. It's kind of a, universal language so like when we when i meet another beatboxer even if we don't speak the same tongue we can i can do a beat and then they could do a similar beat back and we can essentially have a conversation with sounds wow and it's it's super cool and it's also linked to language in that um because every language is specific to its region if you hear if you've been beatboxing for a while and you're and you've been listening to a lot of the audio you might be able to tell if a beatboxer's from Korea or if they're from uh, the UK or if they're from like specific stuff like Spain oh, wow. uh, because Spanish beatboxers are super fast. Uh, Bulgarian is super short and crisp and like the world champions from uh, 2009 were both Bulgarian. So like uh, because at the time like they still have a male and female division at the world champs. But yeah, there's like different form you know some languages people can get a deeper bass sound out of their sounds uh french beatboxing utilizes like so much of the full palette because there's nasal sounds so i actually like the most the videos that i was watching to begin with were french beatboxers um besides like the roots you know straight up like from new york it was it was whatever videos you could find online first um and then it was like the french championships like 2005 or something um but yeah you can just I think kind of like with poetry, you can utilize words to your advantage and you can create your own reality with it. And so with beatboxing, you can do the same thing because there's no rules. Some people might say like, okay, it needs to sound like this, like your snare needs to sound like that. But 
that's so rare. Like right. because the community is so small and because it's just a bunch of like kind of nerdy people, like um, everybody wants to learn from everybody. And when you go to a competition, even though we have battles, it's all love. It's the same thing as like, hopefully like, you know, dance battles at the end, it's all love. And it's uh, straight up like, you'll see two people battle on stage and there's like high stakes and then they'll get off stage and they'll be like teaching each other a sound that they were like, yo, that was super cool. How'd you do that? And then they'll show them like, it's not as it definitely used to be like, these are my, as beatboxing is getting bigger, we want it to expand so much more. And so people are open to teaching each other and, 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 and doing workshops on like how you can turn this into a career and how you can go in the direction you want to with it. Yeah. I, people look at free, I mean, people look at beatboxing and you kind of, I mean, like you said, you could do it anywhere. So I see you beatboxing. I might walk in and be like, oh, he's just making that stuff off off the top of his head. But is there, a, go, I guess, going into these competitions or even just, just going into a poetry slam, is there a routine you're doing or are, is it kind of like you're feeling as you go? Uh, you know, like a sound might make sense to go here and you didn't necessarily plan that sound, but it kind of just made sense at that moment. Yeah, for sure. Um, 100%. One, one of the best things about it too, uh, goes exactly with that because you can have, there's so much to beatboxing that allows for you to improvise. Um, you know, if you have like your set, you know, uh, uh, your DJ set or like you've got your full breakdown, your song list for your show. Uh, it might be hard to deter from that, you know, and with beatboxing, like you can straight up be, be focused on doing this 10 minute solid routine, uh, this solid, you know, three song set or something. But if there's like, if I'm doing a show and there somebody screams something out in the crowd or like there's some weird, you know, thing that happens in the background. Uh, one of the best ones was, um, so just for context, like we, we are at a point where we're doing so much with beatboxing and trying to elevate it. Like the more styles of music that come out, the more we can emulate those sounds. So one of the kind of traits of like dubstep music, and I know not everybody loves dubstep, but like it's, it's, it's kind of a joke in that like you can say or do pretty much anything and that's like the drop. Right. Uh, you know, you'll see like memes and you'll see different videos where people are, are, are making a joke of that, like refrigerator, and then it goes down. <laughs> but like I was doing a show one time and I was maybe beatboxing. I think I was just doing a, a freestyle and uh, or maybe I had a set routine and then started just jamming and like some dogs started fighting and they were barking super loud and it was perfectly on time. It was like <laughs> I literally was about to do like a sound and then these dogs started barking and I said like dog fight and like went into like a dubstep uh, routine because <laughs> nice. it was just like exactly what it needed. And so because I can just immediately switch gears, we it actually goes into another topic, which is like I beatbox for a hip hop improv comedy group. Mm -hmm. And so in that show, you'll have a scene building up and then you'll have somebody might just straight up start freestyling. And I've got to be able to like immediately go in on their tempo and then they might stop rapping and I need to like cut right at the end for like punctuation for the joke. And because I don't have to like worry about hitting the track at a certain time or anything like that, I can immediately go in and out of, of it gives you a lot of options to, mm -hmm. to play. When and where do you find your, uh, are the best brainstorming sessions for you when coming up with a routine? I mean, you know, I, uh, I think Bill Withers once said he came up with a uh, a song. He was like, you know, just in the bathroom, and the song, came, you know, that type of stuff. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so for you, and I'm not saying take us into the bathroom, but like, no, no. For you, where did where did where did the ideas come from for sound, uh, and where do you find yourself kind of your best brainstorming sessions? Yeah. Um, when I was first starting to beatbox, it was definitely like such a. It, it was almost kind of like. Um, I've never been able to structure it. So some people, you know, when you have band practice, that's when you're able to practice. Right. Uh, uh, I feel like a beautiful thing about New York that, um, I think most people notice it, but sometimes it can be like looked over how awesome it is. People just have like essentially free, um, uh, rehearsal space. If they are down in the subway at like 2am and there's nobody else around and they're playing right. violin and it's like, as long as you don't have any amplification, you don't need a permit. So you can just be down there jamming 
And I've seen people down there who like obviously just started playing guitar or just started playing violin or something. And they're down there and they're putting the work in and it's so sick. And you don't have like, you know, suburban structure of houses where you can just play and it's like your own private property. So you kind of have to go somewhere. And I think that pushes you to be influenced by everything around you. So for myself, like walking around the city, I might just be walking around and not beatbox for like 20, 30 minutes while I'm walking somewhere. But if like, it's usually natural sounds or like the sounds of the city definitely could influence me. Um, I feel like everything has a natural vibration and rhythm. So like if I pick up on one of those things, I might just start like jamming along with it. Um, if there's like a weird alarm or something that happens, I might do a beat with that. Um, but I think at this point, uh, it's a lot of trying to actually actively like listen to new music, um, listen to different styles of music and maybe uh, listen to like weird kind of like off time, like funky rhythms, like, um, seven, eight beats or like stuff that's like makes you think a little bit differently than this, you know, boom, boom, boom on the four, uh, style. And so I take, I take my most inspiration, I think at this point from other beatboxers who are pushing it because that keeps the momentum going, I think for all of us, uh, beatboxing. And then just like sometimes weird movies or like cool classic movies, like, a lot of times I'll get a quote or or like somebody's name or something stuck in my head and then I'll create maybe just like four lines from that. Um, and at one point I did like a completely freestyled like it. I don't do a lot of song covers. Um, I'm I'm pretty stoked on figuring out like original work. Oh, nice. um, it's always a great thing to be able to do covers at shows. And if you're going to like jam essentially as the, as the DJ, as a beatboxer for a show for like a half hour or something, it's always a good vibe to drop, you know, drop it like it's hot or do something that everybody knows. And they're like, yeah, they lose their mind. And, uh, and then it's more like introspective to be doing this new routine that nobody knows because people can't jam along with it. But if it's like hard enough and they can feel your soul and you do it enough times, you can kind of create your own little like um, audience for that style. And, uh, but yeah, one time I got into game of Thrones <laughs> and I not ashamed of that. It, at first I was like, this is just some crazy stuff. And then uh, I got super into it and mainly I got into it because there's like crazy sound effects and everybody has like a wild name. And so I did like a um, Khaleesi like freestyle beat where I just, I do an opening for this hip hop improv show each weekend. And it's like, it gives me the opportunity to do like a three or four minute jam with like a small audience. So I have the opportunity to try new material out. And essentially a lot of the stuff that ends up being a routine for me was a completely freestyled thing. Like I'll be like five minutes before a show. I'm like, I have to do something new this time. And I'll just get like, a sentence will click in my head and then I'll make four lines and then I'll create some type of structure from that. Even if it's like, even if it's super simple or actually like freestyled in the moment, um, it's always good. I think to do routines, uh, with some vocals at some point, like if you're doing a 10 minute set as a beatboxer and there's no vocals ever, um, sometimes even if it's super technically solid and, and sounds awesome, sometimes you can lose the audience but the second you start talking, like people lose their mind because you're also doing that layer. I mean, obviously you can't do that without giving homage to like Rozelle or different right. beatboxers. When, who, you say, when you say talking, what, what's an example? Of that? <clears throat> uh, so if I was going to do like, yeah, 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 every day I go out sad, like you can just do, but it's being able to like, uh, the great thing about beatboxing too is that it's kind of like, magic like it's kind of an illusion and uh and that's where we get into i'm also a teacher and i teach music and so like for a long time people like didn't want to give away their secrets they're like how how are you able to do that and it's like i'm i'm epic like i'm the sickest like you can't you don't get to know and uh and now when people ask it's like oh here's how i'm doing it and i like to like teach people because the more people we have doing it the more we can collaborate and the more we can do things together and that can just elevate the art form even more and so, because I definitely believe you can only do so much by yourself. Um, and so, like, 
what I'm doing is if I'm doing a beat where there's uh, like a normal beat structure is B T K T, which is okay. like a number, like yeah. just on the four. But my hi hat is T. And so if I just take that out, or if I'm doing a bunch and I can put a word in there instead of the T, it creates like the illusion that you're doing all the things still and saying something. Hmm. So if I go one, two, three, you can, you're like just using the same amount of space, but it creates like a whole nother level of a whoa. And then you relate to it because you're hearing words. Um, because partly you're, because you're, um, because the sound, the B, right, is echoing yeah. in your brain. Yeah. As a listener, you're like, oh, I, hear, I still hear it going. <clears throat> totally. Exactly. Talking, yeah. 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 So a great way is to do like a build up, uh, you know, like an opening for like 20, 30 seconds before you ever even say any words. And then once you start going into that, people are like, whoa, this is like actually a routine. This is actually a song. It's not just somebody like beatboxing, just like novelty, like jamming. Right, right. Um, and it takes it to another level of like, okay, this person like takes what they're doing super seriously and then can get into it. Um, but yeah. How much is that? I mean, you talk about the secrecy prior to all that, but how much of this is, is it, how much of this is just natural ability versus practicing your ass off? Totally. Um, I definitely would say that there's, so coming from teaching, uh, we teach uh, hip hop comedy, it's like hip hop improv. And so we teach people a combination of, improvised comedy and freestyle rapping and we take it super seriously everybody who's on the team is either a really uh, veteran improviser or has straight been freestyling forever and we have people from all over the place and so uh when we teach it it's really interesting because you'll notice like out of a group of maybe 10 people there's all almost always one or two people who have their own structure of timing and like maybe it's harder for them to land on the four or just like with certain subjects, like you have to train it. And so, uh, I think that there's with beatboxing, a lot of people, if they have timing issues with like rapping or any of those things, it can also, um, show itself in beatboxing. So I'd say that the majority of people have like a pretty good sense of timing or rhythm. And then, that along with your language definitely affects it because if I'm teaching somebody who speaks a totally different language and I'm teaching it in a similar form to how I would teach like in English, they might learn better if like the sounds were punctuated a little differently for their language. So even though we can beatbox the same, like if I'm going BTK, that might be like totally different. It might be like B, you know, like, and so, um, I think natural ability versus practice, like what happens is it's muscle memory, like playing guitar, drums, anything. And so once you've done the same beat a hundred times, like when I'm walking around, I might just do the same two or three beats like every single day. And it's, I won't even really be thinking. Um, it, it becomes so natural. And so I think that at that point it can take a lot of practice to learn new sounds but I think when you're first learning too, and when you're in a new environment, you're traveling, you're doing something, you're around a different language, a different culture, uh, different instruments, you might just start to notice, oh, I can naturally make this sound or I can uh, emulate this thing. And so I think it's kind of a give and take of both, uh, kind of like nature and verse nurture. It's like you're going to have your own natural rhythm, your own natural flow and style, just like with rappers. You're going to have your own sound, your own style. And then once you add all the techniques and you get all these different things in your toolbox, then you can just elevate even more. Yeah. We call it leveling up. I want to talk about, uh, I do want to talk about your artwork and your graph. But prior to that, uh, you talked about sound and practicing and natural ability. What has been the, what has been the most challenging sound for you to create? And then this could be the same answer, but what has been the most proudest sound you ever created? Um, Yeah, that's kind of tough. There's a couple sounds with beatboxing that I had learned like one form before, uh, before really. So like each sound, just like with, how could I explain this? So with like a synthesizer, you could put it at different, um, there could be like 10 different synths off the same note. You know what I mean? And so 
like with beatboxing, you could be making like one sound, but you could change it a bunch. So you could do like, which is like a oscillated bass sound, okay. but you can vocalize in that. So you can go, and you can do, you're just like essentially speaking through that. Right. Um, and so there's a couple different sounds that like I haven't even, I've been trying to do for maybe five years wow. and literally, and it's like, it comes and goes. Cause sometimes I'll, I'll practice it super hard for like a, a month because I've been hearing a lot of people do it, and then maybe I won't tr- really try to do it for a while. But um, probably a sound that took me a long time to figure out was uh, called hollow clops, and also a BMG snare. So <clears throat> a hollow clop. So if you go like most people can do that, it's a clop. But if you go, we call it a hollow clop, and it's like. And it it makes for like it's just a different enough sound, and it's so specific, just kind of how you're thinking. And it was actually kind of crazy because I learned that sound. That that sound I was probably doing for a couple of years and just couldn't figure it out. I'd watch all these videos and be like, "How is that happening?" <clears throat> and there's another way to do that even more, where you can get more out of it. And I haven't learned that yet. And I was watching a German beatboxer. The whole video was in German, and he was teaching this sound. And I was it just like clicked. It was like one of those crazy things where you keep trying something. Once you learn how to ride a bike, you can ride a bike. So it's like, literally I was like, you know, and like, you're just, it's almost like a swallowing sound. It's like, wow. Yeah. And that, that sound was definitely like huge when I learned it. And then a sound that took me even longer. And it's like a two part thing, but probably, I don't know, maybe more proud of this sound is, uh, and it always comes off a little different and it's called a BMG snare because it's kind of like a and sometimes it hits a little bit differently but it that's like for like kind of like trap beats or doing like like um versus uh like 808 so Yeah. So, and and that sound, I still don't even do as well as like a bunch of people who are learning it. And that took me probably like three, four years just to get it enough to, for it to make sense. And, uh, some people can do it without even like puffing their cheeks at all. Like it literally, they can create the pressure just right here. And when you can do that, it's even faster because you don't have to go like, you don't have to take the time, which is like a millisecond to, (laughs) to move. So imagine like it even being faster, like, Right, right. That that millisecond. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Milliseconds matter. But the, those two sounds and there's so many other crazy sounds too, um, that feel really, really good when you learn them. Uh there's like a which is super like kinda like transformy like alien type <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um a lot of sounds are two things put together. So when we think of the structure of our mouths and how we are making sounds, it's it's hard at first because you're like how are you doing that because you hear it as one sound but once you are able to like break it down okay so like it's like a it's like a tongue roll with air so where is this like okay so that's kind of a coughing sound yeah once and and it's cool because that's like a crazy sound that i can usually teach people quickly because if you go like phlegm and then tongue roll and then you can just do so many things with that sound. Crazy. It's super kind of like uh, techno dubstepy sound, but <laughs> I have friends who hate dubstep, but when they hear somebody beatbox it, they're like, that's sick. <laughs> Cause it's like, okay, that's fucking crazy, but they're not going to be like sick and like super into it. They're going to be like, damn, that's crazy. <laughs> cool dude. <laughs> But I think it's a, it might be a silly question, but um, prior to, I know we're going to talk about your art, but how important is water in this whole situation? Like you, Great you were question. Talking, you were talking about doing a half hour, you know, yeah, half yeah, hour yeah. warm up or whatever for, for an audience. <clears throat> when are you drinking water? Are you drinking water during this routine or do you like put a bowl um, of water in your system and just go? Yeah, I, I'd, I'd say it all kind of depends on like um, whether you get cotton mouth or not. Because right. like, it's kind of weird if I'm doing, <clears throat> if I'm, uh, 
I think the more you do shows, the more you get used to it, the more comfortable you are, the less you're going to get cotton mouth. Um, I feel like I get cotton mouth the most when I'm like, like what I'm doing, I feel like is a big deal, a big opportunity because I'll get like worried or I'm like, Oh, like I need to be super on point. Uh, and so I'm in my head a lot, but, um, I'd say that I probably, when I'm doing our, our home show for this hip hop group is like an hour and 15 minutes. And so I do an, like a four minute opener and then I might do a beat every like three or four minutes for a minute or two. And then we have a break for like 15 minutes and then uh, with an interview and then we do another half. And so I probably have like one cup of water during that hour and 15 minutes. And it's, it's, it's really specific to just like a sip. Like I just need like a sip of water sometimes. Um, I usually wear, put chapstick on right before I do a show. That actually helps me a lot. Um, and then, uh, some people swear by different things. Cause totally, if you're like, if you're going to be doing some singing in your routine, you might not want to have cold water. Uh, you might want to just have some warm water before you go on. Um, if you're really like doing a lot of crazy sounds, you're probably going to want to have like some honey or some lemon tea or something like, you know, a couple, a couple times a week or something. Or, um, I find that if I have, <clears throat> it all, it all depends on the sounds you're planning on doing too. Right. So that kind of goes back to whether you're freestyling or doing certain sounds like for myself, to make certain crazy like bass sounds, my throat actually needs to be pretty dry. So whereas my lips might need to be, that's why I'll put chapstick on, but then I won't drink any water if oh, I'm doing sure. a certain thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and it's funny cause I actually know most people would think this is crazy, but I know more beatboxers who smoke than don't like, I know more beatboxers, way more beatboxers who smoke cigarettes than don't smoke. Like it's just, I, and I've always wondered if, people can get certain sounds because of that, even though that's messed up. Like if your shit's all like messed up, like I wonder if, uh, if you can get some crazier sounds, but I'm always blown away by people who can smoke so much and their lungs are just like epic genetically or whatever. And they like don't work out and they smoke a lot and they can do crazy stuff. I definitely know people like that. Like when Um, I was bike riding years ago and I was going up a hill, I was struggling and this guy was biking up the hill and he was smoking a cigarette at the same time. (laughs) And I wanted Classic. to give my finger to him, like, seriously? <laughs> seriously, man? Seriously? <laughs> um, you're not just the beatbox, obviously. You, you do you've, you do graph, you do art. Yeah. Um, what are you able to express in those that you feel that kind of maybe beatboxing limits you to do? Uh, like, what are you doing when you're doing your artwork? Yeah. Um, I think it's kind of like, like, if you're doing, like, a large-scale mural there's an aspect to it that, and depending on how you're painting, how fast you need to paint, whatever the situation is, like you kind of have more of an opportunity to, um, so I'm just like a really physical person. And so beatboxing can like relate a lot of that. Cause some of the sounds are really, um, uh, I don't want to say strenuous, but take a lot or are challenging. And so there's a lot of work happening up here. And then, uh, with painting, I I can't like everybody has a different style of painting and movement when they're doing it. I can't um, like sit at a table for like three hours and just draw or paint something like I need to be moving. I need to be doing stuff like large scale with like my whole body, Uh, you know, kind of going along with thinking of it as a dance. And so uh, when it comes to like painting a large wall or something like it's the best because I can just go, here's the form of the shape I need to make. And it's, this big rather than this thing on, you know, a a piece of paper and I get to use my whole body and express larger motions. And I think if anything that relates to like creating large sounds versus these little minute detailed sounds. And then, and I definitely have realized that the way that I paint also has like a rhythm to it that could be related to that. And I have like played around with beatboxing as I'm painting Mm. and doing like, so that like you hit a line and then you go over and then you hit a line. And the way that I paint is definitely like, I definitely come from, uh, like fully knowing my history and not, uh, I mean, painting is so specific. There's, there's so much politics about certain aspects that I'm just kind of like, okay. But, uh, um, I have kind of a more like free flowing style than just like, okay, everything's got to be like, these bars need to look exactly like this. Um, 
because I have had like hardcore OCD stuff in the past. And so painting allows me to like not be like that. It allows me to just be completely free. So, and you get, can get kind of messy and do things. And so I feel like at least people who know me and know the style that I paint, it is similar to the style that I beatbox. So I'm definitely like constantly trying to do, uh, naturally like different things. Um, uh, not really like a friend of mine once told me that like, he's never painted the same thing twice. And that made a huge influence on me. Like he was just like, look at all these pieces that I've done. Like I've never done the same piece twice. And it was like, whether it was some crazy like 3d or something where it's like an x-ray vision thing through the piece or like whatever it was, whether it was letters, characters, or just like a, you know, a mural for a company. Uh, I just like, once he told me that I was just like, cause at the time I maybe had found like a structure to paint and had done it like five or 10 times and was like, this feels good, but it, it gets boring and it's nice. It's definitely like an old school thing to like have that stamp. But, um, I, I, I took that and was like, okay, then maybe not like every beat should be different or every idea should be different. I, this might sound like a super weird leap because we're not even talking about it but like we do live in an era of like social media and all that kind of stuff and i'm it's i get kind of weirded out sometimes because i'm like from the era i'm 26 and i'm like from the era of like uh, everybody growing up with the internet and all that kind of stuff but um i pretty much like don't post stuff like it's super rare because i feel like if you see this gallery of images like after like a week i'm bored of the thing i did last week like i don't care if it lasts more than a few days yeah it would be sick if it ran for a couple years but like i don't really care because that moment mattered and nothing in the future or past matters so trying as much to live in the moment hardcore is definitely the focus of how i beatbox and how i paint and so some people are kind of like, why, have, why haven't you done like an album or why haven't you done recorded work? Mm-hmm. I'm just a live performer. Like I don't, I've done recorded work with people and I, I love it. I love the outcome, but I, <laughs> I like don't even have the patience for like the studio for a few days or something, which is terrible. But um, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Um, but at some point I'd, I'd love to. Um, but for now it's just a blast to just be able to do live shows and support myself and, um, and not even have to worry about, um, you know, locking in some type of career. Like, I just feel like I'm, I work so many different jobs and I I love being able to do it like a painting gig here and a music gig there. And it's the best teaching. You teach, you do art, you graph, you do beatboxing. I see those last two things. I'm like, all right, this guy's a hip hop head. Yeah. Is that true? Uh, what do you, yeah. I, mean, I guess, what are you, what, what, what is your, I saw you posted a video of Nas. Yeah. Facebook. Uh, that was you, right? Uh, uh, I mean, I did, I painted at a Nas show for Pandora like last so year. Is that, what's your go-to kind of music when you're kind of, for, for you to get away from it all? <clears throat> like, is there a go-to album that you're listening to? Um, I mean, I'm kind of like, I definitely get uh, stuck on albums a lot. Like, and I'll loop it. I'll just play the same album. Just oh, there was one time I just I like, yeah. Sometimes I'll just listen to the same album like every day for a month. Um, especially when it's when it hits like on every track. But I because I grew up on so much different music. Thankfully, I like would jump around really sporadically. So like, uh, there might be a week where I'm just like listening to a ton of metal again, and and I think that there's nothing, I think that people who are really like into hip hop and know the history of hip hop, like understand that like so much influence comes from so much other genres. Yeah. Totally. So, so, so many metal riffs, so much blues and R and B and soul and Motown go into every record and yeah. people don't even realize it. And they're like listening to Motown and they don't even know it. Right, right, and right. I think that that's really cool. And I think that it's an awesome, like, ode or homage from from producers to be doing that um from artists i listen to like again i bounce around right now i probably listen to i'll listen to like retro new wave which is like essentially like i when i'm listening to it not to be a proponent of one thing or another but i feel like 
it's like somebody high on coke driving like a Corvette, like in Miami, and (laughs) but with lasers, like with synths. And so I'll be like listening to that while I'm doing something and just like jamming or like riding my bike somewhere, and that influences me a lot. And then, uh, but when it comes to hip hop, like recently, it's always an interesting discussion. I feel like because. because everything is so subjective and because there's so much politics and because there are still people who are like super true to a certain form with hip hop. I definitely believe that there's a difference between hip hop and rap. And I definitely think that like, I have recently had a hard time listening to like any trap music. Like I, I like because of probably just what different people have said, like, I, I will love the music. The track will be crazy heavy, like super hard, and it'll sound awesome. But you go to like a real hip hop event and there's like a live band, people are breaking, like people like if you go to a real battle, there's like five year olds battling twenty five year olds, you know? It's like right. the best. It's super family oriented and there's like no talk of drugs. There's no talk of like, you know, killing people or whatever. And I and <clears throat> I love rap and hip hop music for talking about what really happens on the street. Mm -hmm. And I also love it for like spreading love and for it to be like this super upbeat, awesome, like vibe that everybody can get on. And so probably most recently I've been listening to like childish Gambino, like Donnie, you know, Donald Glover, like, because I'll jump back and look at his older albums and be like, he was already talking about super real shit. Like, five six seven years ago and it's not until i mean he's obviously had epic momentum but like this is america and the most recent tracks like definitely um really made an impression as they should but i like to i like to find like a recent like a more recent album listen to a lot of it um i definitely was like super influenced by kendrick lamar's Mm -hmm. damn like there's just uh like dna i think is so hard um but i'll listen to like a newer album and then i like to jump back and try and find that person's like the first record of anything of them like um and it might sound kind of wild i know not everybody's on board but like i definitely have like a lot of respect for like macklemore Mm -hmm. because uh you know he's doing his thing but like uh when <laughs> I don't know how to say this, when I first saw like uh, he released like um, Thrift Shop and Same Love, I I was skeptical to even watch or listen, and I was kind of like I'm not sure like what it's going to be like because I actually grew up like at a period having some injuries and like couldn't work, and I sold like vintage clothes online. Uh-huh. So when I saw that somebody made a, sh- a, a music video called Thrift Shop, I was like, this is going to be some hipster shit that I'm not down with, <laughs> yeah. even though I might look like a fucking hipster. I'm not. And <laughs> I live in Williamsburg. And I like straight up never thought I would. And I like, um, uh, yeah, I just didn't listen to it. And so I, I was like, who's Macklemore? So I like, this is years ago. And I went back and found like some of his first, like uh, first albums, first, you know, release tracks. And like, he's from Seattle. Like he's talking about people being super fucked up on drugs. Like he's talking about real shit. And like in Seattle, hella people are on heroin. Like there's yeah. rigs everywhere when you go up there and like you're in cutty spots and like that's super real. And, uh, so I feel like, um, that gave me a lot more respect for his work. Like, okay, this person has been doing it for like 10, 15 years and nobody even knew who he was. Right, right, sure. Um, and then once he starts getting the shine that, you know, everybody deserves when they put in the work like that was super sick and so i was super on board and then now i'm like following different people who work with them like uh 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 uh, gonna feel terrible if i get it wrong there's a lady i'm pretty sure she plays trumpet but i saw her first with like the lesson at like arlene's grocery uh, in the lower east side and uh i would see her every once in a while playing with them and now she's like on tour with like macklemore like in europe and like doing so much cool stuff and and that's another aspect of like these niche things that I feel like it's always a blessing. Like Kendrick Lamar has like a full band when he's on tour, like huge production. And I just think that's like the best. Like, um, uh, I still love it. Just seeing a DJ with their own setup and just crushing it. Um, I was pretty, pretty stoked because, uh, when I actually did this Pandora concert, 
Uh, I was doing live paintings during the, the show. It was in Brooklyn. This was like six months or a year ago. Um, and it was uh, Nas, uh, Young Ma, and... Um, oh, fuck. Who was it? Uh, uh, that's bad of me. Dave East. And, it, and I was like, it was sick. And I was like, this is fucking epic. Usually when I get a call sheet for a show and I'm like going to do something, I don't even know who it is. Oh, wow. I literally got there and didn't know who was performing. And my, my uh, dude, it's this freelance gig. And, and my employer was like, I hope you like rap music. And I was like, this is a huge production for Bandora. Like this is probably some real ass shit. And I, and I was like, what? When, when it was uh, happening. Yeah. And Biz Markie was de- DJing. Oh man. That's really- <laughs> Jesus. Wow. So I got to meet uh, fucking the Biz and that was huge. Um, did you? Did you? There was no time, and I'm just a random ass dude, you know. So like, I walked up. I was like, I'm a beatboxer, pretty much because of you. So this is huge, and we just got like a super quick photo, nice. like as he was leaving. Um, but uh, but that was sick to see him DJ because I never I never had, and I knew that he did DJ for shows and has been for a long time, but just had never seen him. So that was pretty epic. Um, obviously, like played all the best hits, but uh, yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, so I have a last question. Um, cool. Thank you so much for doing this. And joining yeah, me. thank um, you. Is there, you've been doing this, you know, beatbox for a while. You're really good at it. Um, is there kind of a routine that you're working on that you've done that you're kind of still the most proud of uh, that you you could do for us and then also kind of talk about the creative process and what your goal was with the routine? For sure. Um, so... There was kind of in the same vein as like um, uh, coming up with something right before a show and being like, this is like something, this is something new. Uh, I came up with this routine called uh, The Land Before Time. And so uh, it's kind of like a techno-y type type thing that goes into different, there's like three genres, I'd say, like in one uh, routine. And it is, it comes from, uh, before I do it, it comes from like when I was a little kid, uh, just growing up on like cartoons, uh, the land before time, like it was all these crazy, like dinosaurs and all these like crazy noises. And so the first sound that I ever learned was like 10, 15 years before I even beatboxed, 10 years before I beatboxed. And it was this like kind of crazy inward, like gargoyle like dinosaur sound, um, and you'll see it in the beat, but it's like, uh, because that was like the spark or like the seed for everything that's come from it with beatboxing. I definitely feel like this beat out of all of them is like kind of the most like quintessential. And I've been doing it at shows for like two years, like pretty much once I figured it out, I was like, it's fun. It's like kind of weird. It like people can get into it from, from different backgrounds and it's kind of like I'm also super into history. I'm kind of a history buff, and like um, uh, you know, when um, Lin Manuel put out Hamilton, like yeah. that was huge. Uh, we have like mutual friends. Like I'm friends with Shockwave, who was the beatboxer for like the workshopping phase and for Freestyle Love Supreme, and like. When that happened, I just just got so much more into history and figuring out ways to do kind of like historical beats that people can get into. So, uh, so yeah, I'll do the routine yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Please do. So in the land before time, there was only creatures, no forms to find with human like features in the land before time. There was only creatures, no forms to find with human like features in the land before time. There was only creatures, no forms to find with human like features in the land before time. There was only two kinds in the land before time. There was only two.
remember what time there was only creatures, no forms to find, with human-like features in that plumber for time. There was only preachers, good for evil. Thank you so much. Exactly. Thank you so much for joining yeah. me on the library, man. Thank you. Super sick to be here. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.